You can listen to episodes of Conversations with Joe earlier than everybody else and completely ad-free on Nebula. When you sign up for Nebula, our creator-owned streaming service, you not only get access to ad-free content from my channel, you also get bonus episodes in my videos and exclusive series not available anywhere else. Sign up for Nebula by clicking the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe to support the podcast and get more eye-opening content. Right now, methane is a huge deal and we don't talk about how big of a deal methane is and methane became a bigger deal as natural gas became the like a new way we were going to replace coal. So we have the, all this natural gas infrastructure and all of it, at, at, it is much more carbon efficient. So less carbon dioxide gets released into the atmosphere. But at every step of the way, there are methane leaks and methane is an even more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. Now it breaks down faster. So we don't have to worry about it for a hundred years, but, or, or two or three or 400 years, but we do have to worry about it in the short term, especially, especially if there's like continuous new stuff being released. And the U S is a huge releaser of methane and the, and nobody's talking about the fact that this, it finally, like finally releasing methane is free in America right now. If you have a methane leak at oh. your pipeline, if you have a methane leak at your uh, the place where you are, are extracting it from the ground, oh. like you can th there are some incentives to burn it if you can before it gets released, you just light it on fire. Yeah. Uh, so it's carbon dioxide instead of methane, <laughs> um, which is better, <laughs> so much, much better. better. <laughs> Today, I'm talking to Hank Green. Like, do I even need to say anything to introduce him? I mean, it's Hank Green. Today, I'm talking to Hank Green. I, I just, I don't know what else to say because I can't imagine somebody out there might know who I am but not know who Hank Green is. But fine, just in case, here we go. Hank Green got a start on YouTube in the very early, early days of the platform with his brother, John Green. They ran a channel called Vlog Brothers, where they kind of communicated back and forth with each other once a week. Um, and I don't know why I'm saying that in the past tense, because they're still totally at it today. Together, they cultivated a massive community of fans that call themselves Nerdfighters or Nerdfighteria, whose motto was, don't forget to be awesome. And with this following, they founded VidCon back in 2010, literally in the conference room of a hotel. Of course, today it's a massive convention for online content creators that kind of helps shape the industry. But while John went on to author books like The Fault in Our Stars, Hank went on to build a whole network of science and education-based channels like the various SciShows, Crash Course, Eons, Microcosmos, really too many to list here, all of it under the banner of his company Complexly. And along the way, he's written a few books of his own, including A Completely Remarkable Thing and A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor. And somehow through all that, he has remained a very down-to-earth, very humble, generous guy that I've had the privilege to meet. And now I got a privilege to sit down and talk to. And uh, yeah, I want to thank Hank for his time. I really enjoyed getting to do this. But hey, how about I stop this intro that I said I didn't need to do and actually get into my conversation with Hank Green. Well, I thought I could start this off by, uh, if you'll indulge me, in telling uh -huh. a story. You're going to tell a story. Yeah. Can I can I start with yeah, a story? Tell it. Tell a story. It's it's the story of how I met Hank Green. Oh God. Yeah, I, I can see the the shivers already. Um, <laughs> so okay, so this is really for the studio audience, I suppose. But um, okay, so like 2017, long ass time ago, mm -hmm. um, I was still a pretty small channel at the time, and I went to VidCon, and I made my way into a party I probably wasn't supposed to be in. You know how you do. And uh, yeah, and so like there were all these big YouTubers there. John was there. I got to meet him for a minute. And, um, and on the way out, you were kind of like near the door and you had like, you know, a crowd of people around you like you do and like it happens. And I was like three or four drinks in. So I had a little courage going 
and I decided I was going to go full Hamilton and not throw away my shot. Uh-huh. So, so I came over to you. You were like mid sentence, and I came up and did the whole like, "Oh, hey man, how's it going? I'm a big fan. I love what you do." That whole thing, and you're just kind of like, "Hey, yeah, thanks," you know. And you're polite about it, but then I like couldn't sleep for weeks because I was so cringy and stuff. But um, so anyway, that was years ago, and since then my channel's grown, and we travel in sort of similar circles. We do similar mm-hmm. things. I never knew for sure if you knew my channel or anything like that. Um, so then we go to VidCon a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm at that standard party and I see you walk in across the yard and I'm like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks here. Eventually, I kind of like wind up in your general area. And again, there's like a group of people around and I'm like, OK, I'll, you know, I'll I'll mosey over. I'm a Texan. I can mosey. <laughs> and uh, first of all, people let me in the circle, which right there was a win to me. Well, that's it's that was a small as a small party. Uh, and, and every, and everybody was supposed to be there as far as I could tell. I also <laughs> probably had COVID at that time. So you, you shouldn't have, I tested positive the next morning. Uh, yeah. um, so, so I, hopefully I didn't get you sick and I'm sure what I said was, oh my God, that guy from that VidCon party in 2017, I've been thinking about that ever since and no, how no, annoying. No, no. <laughs> I know I, I've been thinking about it ever since because I was so cringy, <laughs> but I knew you hadn't, but that, but that's. You, you kind of beat me to the end of the story it was like, I, I finally got to meet you and we got to hang out and, uh, and you like, well, I got into that circle. My definition of self uh-huh. is based on me in high school, not being able to get in that circle and being on the right. outside and being yeah. like, Hey guys, what you talking about? Hey, what's going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. So just being in there was kind of cool, but, but no, you, you stopped and you were like, I love your channel. Like you gave me a nice little compliment and, and I kind of, did this thing you know but like, I really, who's behind me? well i wasn't being coy <laughs> talking to, yeah I, I got lasik not too long ago so i still see like oh, halos you everywhere really didn't know yeah i couldn't make out where you were looking and i didn't want to err on the side of like oh thank you oh you're talking to that guy yeah sorry you know so uh so that's how that happened but yeah like the next morning i, I was like on cloud nine i'm like hey hank knows me that's cool and then the next morning it was like everybody needs to get tested because hank came down with covid <laughs> and i'm like of course that happened of, of course yeah. it did uh-huh. I did not get it from you though, so don't great. That's great news. Um, it was an outdoor <laughs> party. Yeah. It was limited number of people. And I had tested that day, but not that hour. <laughs> well, I did a very light VidCon because nice. the literally like yeah. five days after I got back, we left the country. We went to Ireland, my wife and I did. Nice. And um, uh, and we were gonna go in 2020, but couldn't because COVID hit yep. and all that got shut it down. Didn't so. exist, yeah. I would, I wish she would never speak to me again if I had gone off to, to VidCon and gotten COVID and yeah. missed the trip. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually, the, the night before, uh, Tom Scott, I met him at a at a dinner and he had his mask on and was just like militant about it. He was like, I am not taking this mask off. Um, yeah. That's a terrible Tom Scott impression. But um, it wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, it's also <laughs> like Tom, Tom is like the, of all the educational YouTubers, the, the first of all, it shines through in his content. He almost never misses, but like he is so certain of his like way being the best way all of the time, which (laughs) I wish I had. Like, that is not how I feel. I'm like, nobody's wearing masks. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't wear a mask. And Tom's like, all of all of you are wrong. Mm, And he's right. Like, he was right. Mm -hmm. He's right. All of us are wrong. We need to be doing the Tom Scott. Um, But yeah, he's he is. uh, I'm sure that he is not easy to work with because of that. but <laughs> but the, the content that comes out of that personality is yeah. just astoundingly good yeah yeah 
Uh, I don't have that, whatever it is, that, that no, confidence or whatever to know no. that I'm right when the rest of the room is wrong. No, people people are like, I think it's better this way. And I'm like, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's like reverse. I, like, I, I noticed this even early on in COVID. Like if I walked into a restaurant and nobody was wearing a mask, I would just be like, oh, okay. I guess I, I shouldn't get, wear I a get, mask. Yeah. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Like, shouldn't you be yes. like, yeah. Yes. If no one's wearing a mask, more masks. Yeah. Four on. That's, that's, that's the problem. That's what makes this happen. Yeah. I assume you had a mild case, though. Uh, no, actually, oh, I got my ooh. ass totally kicked. I was oh. down for two weeks, and then two weeks after that, I felt bad. I was like testing positive for two weeks, nice. um, and like, and I, I had a rebound case um, yeah. where I got better, and then I got sick again because I took Paxlovid, mm. um, and then, uh, and I was, I, I probably wasn't to hundred percent for about four weeks. It was, Jeez. it is not cool. I take a uh, immune suppressant for my colitis, mm. which also. I had, it's a whole freaking story. I, we don't have time for it, but I had had to not take my colitis medication. And if you don't take it for too long, you develop an allergy to it and you can't take it anymore. Oh, wow. So I like took it the at, at the moment I started testing negative and then it came back. It was like, it was like, oh, so you've suppressed your immune system. I'm still here, oh, you idiot. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's what happened. Um, but I was also starting to get colitis symptoms. Like it was a whole like, so on I, top I didn't of the know COVID, how to you're make having the, colitis symptoms. Yeah, I didn't know how to. I did not know how to make the, the, the right decision in that it? moment. That's my first COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As far yeah. as I know, I haven't had it. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I got sick back in March, and I had that whole rebound thing you were talking about. So a lot of people yeah. were like, "Oh, I think that was what that was." Mm -hmm. But it just lasted a few days, and it did totally kick my ass. But I tested, and it came back yeah. negative. So I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah. Maybe I've just been lucky. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Get those vaccines. I should have got my fourth vaccine shot, which I was eligible for, but didn't do like a dork. Um, so I'm going to do it now. I don't know what the eligibility is on that. I think almost everybody's eligible now, but I, because of my colitis was already. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess I need to get another one too. But, um, well, you were talking about uh, before we hopped on the, um, that you were reading some climate change legislation, but it was I a was. good thing. Yeah. Uh, what, what, has, what has your summer been like up in Missoula? Uh, it's been um weird um uh, but relatively good because the big concern in the in in montana is fires yeah. but it's been really wet uh it's and it's just gotten to the point where things are starting to catch on fire in fact i was <clears throat> at flathead lake last weekend and we were like wow what a beautiful day and then we like looked over the over the lake and it was like what's that and then like within 20 minutes it was like a wisp of smoke that turned into just oh a God. column like a bomb had gone off that went straight up and then over us, which luckily we were close enough that it it didn't come back down until significantly beyond us. Mm -hmm. But it was a it turned it turned into the biggest fire in Montana um, within 24 hours. Uh, it was very hot. The beginning of it. Yeah, and the uh, so yeah, it's been a, it's been really wet, which has kept it from burning. But it's That's been good. hot. It's always hot now. It yeah. was like we had like our hottest temperature of all time or a tie for the hottest of all time last week or two weeks ago. It's been triple digits here for like two straight months or something yeah. like that. I'm in yeah. Dallas. And if you didn't know, it's but... not, yeah, not it's workable. Not fun. Um, <laughs> how far is Missoula from Boise? Cause my sister lives in Boise. It's like, I don't know, uh, but it's one of the big cities. Bigger. <laughs> 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 it's, it's like the, it's like a That's big relative. city for us. It's a place that people go to. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know exactly. I think it's probably, okay. it, my guess would be seven hours. So okay, everything's so not, very not far close. apart. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. My sister lives out there and, and it's funny because like in, in Texas, we love to be like, we got the worst weather and, you know, the biggest, baddest and everything, you know, but they've been getting hundred degree temperatures up there and they get freezing, you know, zero degree temperatures in the winter. So yeah. I yep. They, it's yeah. really weird. The, the temperature swings can be like, you can go from 40 at night to 90 in the day. It's yeah. completely different from Florida where it just like stuck in like a 10 degree range. Cause the humidity holds on to all the heat. Yeah. Whereas there's no humidity here. So it just whoosh, right off into space. It's always weird to me when I go to a place that doesn't have a lot of humidity. It's like, it's cooler in the shade. Yeah. Yeah. You walk that's into the really shade and you're weird. like, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's not just, con it's not all convection. It is also the radiation that matters. <laughs> oh, t-shirt. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> well, around here, they've been talking on the news about how um, it's not even so much the high temperatures. It's the high, we're having the highest low temperatures interesting that they'd ever seen like it's, it's yeah. barely getting down below like 87 at night oh yeah so there's that's just no break really uncomfortable yeah. yeah a lot of people here don't have ac and so we really rely on that effect yeah so that people can cool cool down at night cool their houses off at night even though the night because we're so north doesn't last very long mm. in the summertime which is cool but we are we are on the tail end of that, and it's starting. The sun's starting to come up at a reasonable hour, which is nice because I have a <laughs> I have a child who wakes up when the sun comes up. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. why it's, it's. I've always lived in the same spot. I haven't like moved around a whole lot, so I'm always fascinated when I go to other places and the sun goes down later there. Yeah. Than where I am, like when we were in Ireland, it didn't it didn't get dark till like ten thirty. Yeah. It's like what is going on? It's, yeah, I yeah, it's up there. That. Uh huh. So I want to tell you. Uh, so this is I, you're the first person I've like talked to since last night when uh, when basically Kirsten Cinema said okay fine I don't know how they got her to say okay fine I know right but there's the, this Inflation Reduction Act which does mm -hmm. a number of things but the majority of the money is for climate stuff and it's been very interesting to witness because of course there was a a former version of this bill that had more stuff in it and some of that stuff is gone and. I think that we have been so conditioned to be upset that like we can't handle a good thing happening. Totally. And I agree. Like there are definitely things that I would be like, that is a mistake. Like I would not have put that in. And, and like, that's, that's, that's very frustrating, but I also understand there are reasons why those things happened. Um, and, but, but the, the bigger thing I understand is like, and I don't think anybody does, is how big of a bill this is. It's just, it's everything. It's got, I like, I need to do a whole video slash Twitter thread slash very long TikTok, like all three of those things. I don't know if I have time to do it <laughs> about all of the stuff that is in here. And that's what I'm trying to do right now is go through sort mm -hmm. of like break it down by maybe two categories, maybe three. Like one is like, how much does it contribute to future reductions in emissions to how much does it cost like how much money is being spent on these individual things and maybe three like <clears throat> how is it how is it connected to um specifically inequality which is another thing that this like legislation focused on which previous energy legislation never thought about at all but there's specific money that got in here for reasons of and 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 ways to allocate the money that is that is in there that that is intended to benefit people who have less 
who have traditionally been the ones who have, have had the biggest environmental impacts on them. Like there's $3 billion to clean up the air around ports, which is where low-income people live. Mm -hmm. And that's why that's one of the reasons why those places are cheaper, but like people are forced into places where they're going to have more lung disease, they're going to have more asthma, they're going to die younger. And, you know, $3 aware is a lot of money. And, uh, and, and, you know, I like, but it's a tiny part of the bill overall. And, you know, there's stuff for like the USPS is like the, your mail truck isn't going to be driven by gasoline anymore. And like the, and there's the huge thing for um, sort of a, a tax on right now, methane is a huge deal. And we don't talk about how big of a deal methane is. And methane became a bigger deal as natural gas became the like, a new way we were going to replace coal. So we have the, all this natural gas infrastructure and all of it, at, at, it is much more carbon efficient. So less carbon dioxide gets released in the atmosphere. But at every step of the way, there are methane leaks and methane is an even more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. Now it breaks down faster. So we don't have to worry about it for a hundred years but or, or two or three or 400 years. But we do have to worry about it in the short term, especially, especially if there's like continuous new stuff being released. And the US is a huge releaser of methane. And the and nobody's talking about the fact that this, it find, like finally releasing methane is free in America right now. If you have a methane leak at oh. your pipeline, if you have a methane leak at your uh, the place where you are extracting it from the ground right. like you can th there are some incentives to burn it if you can before it gets released you just light it on fire yeah. uh so it's carbon dioxide instead of methane <laughs> um, which is better so much, much better, better. <laughs> uh but there are but there's no there's no reason to not do it and this then the bill has like you either have to like comply with the epa regulations that we are doing here or if you don't we will you know, it's basically every bit that you release will charge you for. Yeah. And it's a it's an economic incentive to not just do the cheap thing, which has resulted in basically in the short term, the transition from coal to natural gas being a net neutral for the climate. Like it's not better because so much methane is being released. Right. In the long term, it is because methane breaks down fast. But in the short term, it isn't. And <clears throat> short term is important when there are heat waves that are killing people. Mm -hmm. So there's a, it's like there isn't one kind of solution in the bill. There's so many different kinds of things that's like, you can't talk about it quickly and easily. So I'm trying to figure out, like I'm reading all this stuff to try and figure out how to make a video about it. That will yeah. be less than an hour long and watchable. <laughs> so how many pages per minute would you have to get through? To uh, the, if it was just the bill, it would be a lot. Yeah. So is this one of those things where like they were trying to pass a bunch of different bills that had a bunch of different things in it and it's kind of like became one giant thing because yeah, so the, the inflation reduction bill. Yeah, so the Inflation stuff. Reduction Act and it and it also like allows Medicare to negotiate with prescription drug companies, which it never could before. Oh, something that we've been that. trying to allow Medicare to do for decades. Yeah. And yeah. that's in there. But yeah, it's it's a um so there are two there are two ways to pass legislation, and one of them you have to surpass the filibuster, um, and that's how you yeah. like. But you can I think like once a year or something. I don't understand how it works. There's budget reconciliation, which is like this is the government passing a budget, and all so all this stuff is inside of the budget, and you don't need to overcome the filibuster to pass mm -hmm. that. So you can do it with just the fifty Democrats. Which is why it's been tricky because we have exactly fifty, and two of them are dill holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they're semi pseudo Democrats. <laughs> there's there's a, a D behind but, the name, but yeah, you know, I I I have some I have people won't be mad at me for this, but like Joe Manchin won in West Virginia, where Joe Biden lost by like a hundred points like that was that it's a it is trump country and it's not easy to get elected uh there and there are advantages but i certainly were if i were in his seat i would not vote the way that he uh does but i also wouldn't get elected so i don't know how it all works on a certain level i'm kind of like well he is representing that state and that is what that state wants yeah and as a person who lives in montana and has a democratic senator i'm like yeah i get it but i mean john tester kicks ass he's not doing any of this shit (laughs) john tester is the man and i will do anything he asks of me (laughs) if he's listening (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i i pledge my fealty yeah um you bend the knee um the filibuster thing drives me nuts because it's so correct weird. me if I'm wrong, that is not how the Senate is supposed to work. I don't have any idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've I I have no like I I'd like to know. All I know is that everyone who I uh respect is like, get rid of that. And if uh-huh. if you don't, they will the moment they can. But I don't know. What it's, if they limited the number of filibusters per legislative <laughs> session? Like you can, well, like maybe you can do I two bet, or three. I bet like in that case, basketball. Or bet in that case, you know? there'd be a, there'd be a lot more uh, legislation that the Republicans hate. They just be like, "All right, let's get a lot of bills, a lot of little ones. <laughs> oh, get the filibusters all done, yeah, and then we'll do the, the big ones." Yeah, yeah, exactly. But maybe you know, it's just like with fouls, though. You save them. Maybe you save them, and you let something go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. A well, compromise like, on filibusters. The fact that like <laughs> literally everything has to be filibuster proof. Yeah. No matter what it is, they're going to filibuster it. And it's like, yeah, it's well, there, there way. have been a couple of, and this has been interesting. Like, a, and it, it's been, a, I don't know. When is this podcast going to come out? Uh, a couple of weeks, probably. Okay. Well, it, this will probably look very, uh, uh, um, outdated. I don't know. Out- outdated and, and overly optimistic when this comes out, mm. because I'm sure that the world will have regained its trash fire status, <laughs> but it's been like kind of a fun week to be a progressive um you know there's kansas Kansas kicked ass uh alex jones is just getting completely everything that he deserves Mm -hmm. um that's nice there was uh you know john tester uh was sort of championed this veterans health bill that you know 11 republicans didn't vote for it first and but then they they had originally said okay we're not going to pass that because of this thing you're doing with the inflation reduction act and then everybody was like so you're gonna say that veterans who got yeah got cancer from being exposed to toxic stuff while they were at war are out of luck because we are doing what we said we'd do and they're like okay fine i guess we'll pass it um so that happened um uh, you know it's there's rare a... that you see public shaming work anymore <laughs> yeah i mean it I actually think, did work. I th- yeah i think that i think there's public shaming and then there's like that's gonna be in every ad <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, hates veterans yeah <laughs> and uh yeah it, and then this you know which still isn't signed or anything mm-hmm. um and and there are a number of hurdles that it has to go through and and so i haven't drank my champagne yet but um yeah 
it, it's just sort of like it all it's it sort of feels um compared to the last few years like oh we can get a lot done in a week i guess yeah yeah it, it's it's it has felt like nothing has been yeah happening and and also there's like web telescope pictures to look at which also makes me happy yeah yeah, yeah. i had a really stressful week um and so it was nice to um feel like the world wasn't on fire also, moment. it's funny that you kind of like immediately went to to politics here. Is that is that like a, a passion of yours or is it something that you can't really talk about as much as you would like? Um, maybe you do. I I don't think of you as a political so, person, but I mean. Yeah, yeah. I I care a lot about the problems that we have. Yeah. And I certainly disagree with people who agree with me on a lot of things. You know, that, like right. there's I, I often find myself. Well, I mean, a big thing that I a big problem I have is is that. I tend to see people who agree with me on stuff doing the exact same stuff that they criticize other people for doing, just yeah. creating these ridiculous straw men for assuming that they understand everything about other people for holding up the worst person of the opposition as the mm -hmm. example of the average person of the right. opposition, um, assuming that they know why someone might not want to take a vaccine when and like you know sort of anti-vax conspiracy theory isn't the majority of it like a lot of it is just like people are unmotivated or needle phobic or both and that or they just don't think it's a big deal they just don't think it's a big deal yeah yeah, yeah they don't think about it a lot and the the uh like all like i i um and, and also that like ultimately um you can't like you have to live in a country with people who disagree with you yeah. and to uh to sort of find the ways that that disagreement needs to be sort of heightened to the highest level of n near murder um yeah is sort of how it can be discussed just seems to me to to be more about um projecting our you know, projecting virtue or, um, you know, uh, making content for people who you, who you like or who like you, uh, than it is about trying to solve problems. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that, that upsets me a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but I don't talk about that because that gets you, that gets you sort of attacked by, mm -hmm. um, those people who are, who are basically entrepreneurs of conflict, you know, who, who need the conflict in order to have the thing that is bringing them status of some kind right. or yeah. meaning. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of need and space for anger and frustration. And like, also you can't expect people to act rationally all the time. We're mostly operating on vibes and I totally understand people <laughs> are pissed off when things don't uh, sort of recognize the reality of how terrible something is for a group of people. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think there's also a place for slow, hard compromise work like this climate legislation, which took forever mm -hmm. and they had to get a lot of people on board and they had to, they had to have a lot of different sort of elements of the climate movement satisfied, but not happy. Yeah. Um, and that, and, and, you know, like even inside of the climate change movement, there's a lot of disagreement about what mm -hmm. to focus on and that, you know, there were times when certain people who had sort of like, you know, have a lot of influence over their senator 
certain groups were like, I don't think that we can we can support this bill anymore. And then you had to go back to the table and figure that figure that out. And that's hard, long, slow work. Yeah. And, and it's um, kind of structured yeah. that way. It's supposed to be. Because people disagree with each other yeah. and they have to. Otherwise, it would be really scary yeah. and boring. <laughs> uh, going going either direction, it gets really uh, scary. Um, but yeah, I'm not so much. Um, I'm not. I am very and have always been very active uh, and, and very passionate about um, climate legislation and mm -hmm. climate activism. Um, that's yeah. been sort of my whole been a present through that I went my graduate degree is in environmental studies weirdly oh, that's nice. I didn't know that yeah yeah do you, do you feel like you know with the platform that you have it's kind of a responsibility with with great power comes great responsibility it's it's like yeah that's, that's what you yeah I think that yeah but I think that you, what you how you define responsibility uh would is very different from person to person true yeah. I mean, I, I guess my def definition would be like just being responsible with what you put out in terms of like there's people listening and they act on that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of people are not very responsible with that. And that, that gets really frustrating for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. I funny. hate that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I've actually tried lately to sort of. I mean, we can talk about as much as you want here, but but like I've tried to sort of avoid politics, even with people that I agree with, because it just everything just immediately goes there all the time. And it's like there yeah. needs to be more to life than that. Right. You know? Right. Especially because it's all bad. Whereas in this situation <laughs> where I was like, I want to like I, I need to I desperately need to be talking to somebody about like a thing that happened that made me feel good. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um, like it, and it's almost like it's not. It's. It's almost like it's not talking about politics. It's like it's talking about the worst, the worst thing that happened today, yeah. which is often politics. And that that I do not want to do. I don't want to talk about the worst thing that happened today, which something mm -hmm. terrible did happen today, both when we're recording this and when people are listening to it, what, whatever day they're listening to mm -hmm. it on, because it's a big world with a lot of bad stuff. So uh, I am curious your take on this. So as as a science communicator, as somebody uh -huh. who like talks about this kind of stuff all the time yeah i find myself almost like in a, in a split personality situation here where like i am simultaneously thinking humans are, are smart we're, yeah. we have a lot of ingenuity we'll figure a way yeah. out of this we're there's amazing. hope in this world yeah. look at the things we can accomplish and at the exact same time i'm like of course, everything's falling apart. Everything we do is unsustainable. <laughs> we, you know, we, yes, this is, we, the, this is the end have, times. You know? This is a ridiculous amount of power and it's only going up and we are just monkeys. Yeah, we are. We are monkeys with tools that are so powerful, so dangerously powerful. I hope you didn't need my side of the audio because mine has stopped recording, which has never happened to me before. Oh, but uh, I'm good so far. Okay, I'm gonna start recording on this end again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and John, John and I had this conversation a while back, my brother, um, about um, the internet and people, and how it sort of seems like we are a bunch of monkeys with a gun, and but we've never we've never been introduced to what a gun is or does, mm -hmm. and we keep we keep shooting it, and we're like, God, this thing is loud, and then you shoot it, and you're like. <laughs> And suddenly you're like, ow, my foot. And uh -huh. you're like, but you have no idea that the the connection between the things, that's how we are with the internet, where we have yeah. this massively powerful tool that we do not understand at all. Uh -huh. And we are trying to understand it, but it's super complicated. 
And we understand it more now than we did 10 years ago and maybe more now than we did last year, but like, mm -hmm. we don't understand the effects that this is going to have, that this is having or going to have. And then in the meantime, we're like, let's move on to the next thing, everybody. Web three, this shit up. Yeah. Metaverse. Go Metaverse. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's let's in enter the internet. Yeah. This thing we I'm, don't understand. I'm metaversed. I don't, this is what I don't get about the metaverse. I am so metaversed when that, when my wife asks me a question and I'm looking at Twitter, I didn't hear her. I am metaversed mm. enough already. <laughs> I am in it. Like William Gibson, cyberspace all the way. I, my brain enters the uh, phone. We we are uh, sort of cyborgs already because oh, we're God, so yeah. connected to. Yeah, yeah. It's wild I to actually... sort of see people think that we aren't and be like, where's the future? And I'm like, it's now. Yeah. Look at you with your thing in your ear talking to you all the time and your little handheld computer that contains the entire world's knowledge and also is the only way that anything gets done anymore. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm flirting with this. I'm flirting with this idea. Um, I'm absolutely going to do it eventually, but um, I, I want to do like a 30 day living with a dumb phone kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got those, maybe they don't appreciate that term, but light phone is one of yeah. them. It's uh -huh. yeah. It's, it's just the regular phone and has, I think it plays music too, but um, I think it's interesting because like, for example, I have, I have a, a model three, a Tesla model three, and it uses my phone to open the car. Oh, wow. So, so I mean, that, that's, a, that's a, that's a good first, uh, first clip of the video. Yeah, where you're like, I can't drive oh, anywhere. I can't drive. I can't get my coffee. How do you, how that has, there has to be on a way to get in the car. There is, there's a little key card thing that you okay. use that opens it, but, um, right. Yeah. And then, yeah, you might even be able to do it with one of those because they have Bluetooth. That's all it is, is Bluetooth connection. Maybe, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I've heard people also talking about like they'll go to a restaurant and most places just use the QR code thing now, or a lot of places do. They don't have like yeah. physical menus anymore. And um, they're like, I, I couldn't order food or I had to ask for a physical menu because I mm -hmm. couldn't use my phone to look mm -hmm. up the menu. Yeah. It's just funny the way things have shaped that way. Um, but no, the thing about the internet that you're saying, like, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I feel like... Um, I'd made the point somewhere along the line that that every um, technological innovation in communication was followed by a period of unrest. You know, like um, you know, the the printing press kind of led to the Reformation and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. radio, and then there was yeah. like World War Two right after or whatever mm -hmm. World War One. Um, and so now I feel like this is the the crisis point that we're going to have because of the internet. We're kind of uh, going through right now whatever that's going to lead to we'll see but um yeah uh it doesn't tend to be good in the near term oh yeah exactly like no one would say ooh boo printing press so bad right. don't do those anymore break them throw them out no more printed words bad yeah but that's how they, <laughs> people totally felt that way at the time lots of mm -hmm. people particularly sure. the church <laughs> tv when tv came out it's gonna rot your brain and oh yeah people won't and be it, able to have conversations to some, anymore to some extent it did uh <laughs> but yeah absolutely i was just talking about this with a friend last night that like every every we don't and we don't know like we don't know mm. the impact but what we do know is that people are very re resilient and very capable of change and you were saying you are you as a science communicator waffle between these like visions of humanity like look at all of the things we've done we are problem solving machines and we are monkeys with way too much power and we're going to shoot mm -hmm. ourselves in the face i am simultaneously both of those things at the same time and at yeah. any given moment i could answer either way you know 
<laughs> just depending on which yeah. direction the yeah it's wind like is which blowing. gamma ray hit my brain that <laughs> <Yeah>. moment <laughs> exactly i was just kind of wondering if you i, I don't know if it's like because a lot of it is it feels like to me it's based on the fact that i've just talked about so many things and i've i i have a very shallow what do they call it yeah. like a i have a yeah it's i've got a very surface level knowledge of a lot of stuff yeah that's nothing deep at all yeah. but but it's like it's just enough to make me scared and hopeful and not know which way things are actually going to go for anything, I guess. Yeah, well, no one knows which way things are going to go. The, the The problem is when you have to think about it a lot, it makes you anxious. Uh, yeah. And most people, I don't know about most people right now, uh, but most people throughout history have just sort of been like, oh, well, you know, whatever. This world is this world and I will solve my the problems in my, my immediate surroundings and work in, on that and be weirded out about that rather than, I am worried that humanity will destroy itself. I do that too much. You think about that too much? Way too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, the We're but working it's on good. It. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Does it have to be me? Do I have to be that somebody? Uh, no, probably not. Uh, my wife would definitely say I don't, but and yet I'm very interested in it. Seems yeah. important. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, are you are you up for talking some shop? Yeah, please. Because there was some shop stuff I was curious about. <clears throat> yeah. Um, as somebody who has sort of made the transition from a guy who like uploaded YouTube videos to somebody who now is like managing people, yeah, in running a business or or yeah. two, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just curious if I could get you to talk about that transition and what what hurdles you overcame and what were the lessons yeah. you learned and like what's <laughs> do you even like doing it? Um, I do like, I'm, I'm asking that. for a friend and that friend is me. That's so that's <laughs> the first, the first bit is what's good about it. Um, and what's good about it is like, there's nothing like, I find it much more rewarding to work with a team of capable people to create something than I do to just grind it out on my own. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, especially because like people have skills I don't have and, um, knowledge I don't have. So it, you know, I couldn't do these things and no yeah. one could you know when, when so there's a lot of times when you sort of get to a point where kind of nobody can do the thing that would be the best thing on their own and that's when you need a team mm -hmm. nobody knows how to build an iphone that's like the extent like that that's like the furthest extent of that problem like no be, there are people who sort of understand all the pieces that go in but nobody could build an iphone on their own mm, yeah um and then um the uh and you know, when I see, I mean, just each each individual piece of content um, that comes out of what we do, I'm like, wow, couldn't have done that. But that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of, you know, I'm good at I'm good at a, a, a bunch of stuff. Um, but the, uh, you know, a lot of what I know I can teach um, or isn't that special. And uh so that's very good. Um, the, now there are like what there are also inevitably like human conflict among people that aren't me. That then <laughs> is like a problem for me. And that's very weird. You know, I feel like it's, if everybody else was me, I would be fighting with them even more. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no compromising. We've split off this <laughs> the deep disagreement that cannot be resolved between yeah. me and me. Me and me. Yeah. Um, so I, 
that's really hard and I don't I, and I don't feel skilled at it um and mm. and yet it ha and yet it is my problem sometimes um, Wait, that that's the getting along with others thing or, or managing yeah, just people be, like okay. when yeah it's part of like a big there's lots of different parts of management but one of the very hard parts is when people need to work together but they're having a hard time getting along and i'm uh, i'm terrible yeah. at, de at delegating i'm terrible at asking people to do things oh uh, yeah i don't feedback. have that problem i don't have i love asking people to do things <laughs> <laughs> i'm always oh, always like I'm, I'm like lumberg it's like yeah i'm gonna have to maybe kind of disagree with you <laughs> can we try that can we try it which is fine which is fine it's it's interesting to be in the position where you know i try to have a lot of like I try to only have people in power at my company who feel not just comfortable, but um, excited to disagree with me. Um, okay. Uh, and there are, but the, and yet there are still situations where I'm like, I'm right. And I'm in charge. Um, and, and I, and your objection is duly noted. Mm -hmm. And if it turns out you were right, I will tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes they are. <laughs> Okay, I always have to I say am. I'm I'm putting my boss hat on now. Yeah. Like I'm 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 the boss all the time, but these these are also like friends of mine and stuff and and yeah. most of them are people that I knew before, you know, they right. came on cuz uh -huh. and I brought them on because they're talented and they were interested in everything. Uh and I like them. So from time to time I have to be like, okay, I'm putting my boss hat on and I got to mm -hmm. tell you you <clears throat> suck. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I'll tell you that not only is your idea bad, but you are as a human. <laughs> You're a horrible human being. I love you. Let's get coffee. <laughs> Yeah. You're and fired. I've been in that situation where I've had a boss who's been like, nope, all of you are wrong. This is a great idea. But I only remember the times when they were wrong. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just not remembering the times when they were right because it wasn't as fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, I definitely have a couple examples of being, everybody was like, this is a bad idea. And him being like, no, we're going to do it. And I I have heard all of your arguments, but I, we're going to, and I, I took that lesson and like, you know, afterward, the response was his response was y'all were right. And I think that that is that's the way you got to do it. Mm -hmm. you know, it we're not going to do that again. Yeah. 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 So that that's a good that's a good learning. But I definitely pulled I definitely pulled that card. Um, I'm like, I'm Hank Green. And I know more <laughs> about the Internet. Thing. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm on the Internet. This episode is supported by CuriosityStream. So we're sitting here talking to Hank Green, and, and one of his big passion projects has been the Crash Course series, which I've just recently found out is on CuriosityStream, every last episode. And dude, I had no idea how many of these there are. Like, check this out. I'm just going to read them for you. Here we go. They have a Crash Course series on U.S. history, European history, world history, big history, the history of science, sociology, ecology, psychology, anatomy and physiology, filmmaking, film history, film criticism, media literacy, gaming, mythology, statistics, business, entrepreneurship, study skills, and multiple literature classes. And I left some out. So if any of those sound interesting to you, um, you know, these are a comprehensive series that combine live action and animation to give you a sort of a foundational understanding of these topics in an entertaining format. Uh, it's, it's seriously awesome. And they're all on CuriosityStream. And those are, of course, just the start. CuriosityStream is the home of thousands of documentaries on science, history, art. The list keeps going from some of the best filmmakers around the world. And somehow... CuriosityStream has remained insanely affordable at only $14.79 for an entire year when you use my URL curiositystream.com slash Joe Scott Pod.
But it gets even better because when you sign up for Curiosity Stream, you also get Nebula, the streaming service that I'm a part of, as well as many of your favorite smart YouTubers, where you can see all of our stuff ad-free and earlier than everybody else. Uh, meaning this podcast well, on Nebula wouldn't have this amazing ad read you're listening to right now because I do have these podcasts on Nebula. It's also the only place you can see my Nebula original series, Mysteries of the Human Body, and my brand new series called Forgotten Atrocities, where I take a look at some of the darker moments in human history that you may never have heard of. And yeah, you get both of those services for only $14.79 for an entire year. Um, I know that the economy is tough these days. People are tightening their belts. But uh, this really is the cheapest, uh, best bang for your buck kind of thing that you're ever going to come across. I did the math. It comes out to $0.62 cents per month per service. Like, it's just impossible to get a better deal than that. So, again, to get all that, just go to curiositystream.com slash joescottpod. Again, that's curiositystream.com slash joescottpod. And you can get started getting your stream curiosity like I do and stuff. And you can check out all those Crash Course episodes. They're really cool. Anyway, go check it out. And thanks to Curiosity Stream for supporting this podcast. Now, back to Hank. Um, well, this sort of piggybacks on uh, talking about the whole business thing. Like, how many channels do you have right now that you're a part of? I mean, at Complexly? Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe 10. I guess, I guess, I guess you kind of manage some channels that. that you don't you don't actually you're not in oh there. Yeah, yeah 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 i mean complexly uh produces channels that i have no part in for sure yeah yeah um that you know eons i used to host mm -hmm. but don't anymore um and and all all i do at eons is i say good job <laughs> <laughs> that's it they, they've they've got it down um oh that's a great channel we've got a channel called healthcare triage which mm -hmm. is a sort of small but well i think under i think that it has a a, a bigger impact uh then it would its viewership would indicate because i think it's watched by a lot of healthcare professionals it's sort of a wonky health uh like wh what are the you know both sort of you know politics of it but also like like healthcare stuff uh, mm -hmm. but also um new interesting developments and treatments and stuff so, so the more professional level people are hearing that and it's kind of affecting them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah. It's this guy, it's this guy that my brother met. His name is Aaron Carroll and he's just like uh -huh. a very influential doctor guy. He's got like a New York times column and you know, he does this with us. Cool. He's, he's got I a great a personality. Yeah, he does. Uh, and, and I like yeah. how it is kind of like a lot of times I'll watch it and it's like, Oh, I really didn't think it was going to be what he just said. You know, yeah, like I, I, totally. I thought that it would be it's, this one thing and, it's changed my perspective on a number of things where I'm like, you know, maybe my perspective was more influenced by my ideology than mm -hmm. by reality. Yeah. Which is all you need the that, uh, that cold water every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, Microcosmos might be one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Nice. It, it's it's an ASMR channel. Let's just be honest. It's not. <laughs> it's you know, when what we said when we were starting it, we were like, we want to make something that you can. Like you could really learn something while high. Okay. Yeah. It's just yeah. like I just want to like chill. It's a very and... calming. You, yeah. You got, you got the soft voice. I do the. This is the microphone. You're I like right on the yeah, microphone. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you're you're the you're the Bob Ross of bacteria. It's, yeah. It's very I Bob Rossy. Love it so much. I've learned and I've learned so much because I didn't know anything about that world when I started. I mm. I I watched this video that was just a clip of a some silly it disintegrating. I don't know what happened to it, mm. but its membrane just sort of rips apart, unzippers and its cytoplasm just becomes 
the environment instead right. of being an organism. So it's just witnessing a cell die. And I reached out to the guy who had posted it. And I was like, hey, can I license that? And he was like, I've already licensed it to like Jukin or something. Um, so I couldn't. But I, uh, I mean, I could have licensed it from Jukin, but I didn't on principle. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I have before licensed from Jukin. I guess I've, my principles only stretch so far. Mm. But the, um, <laughs> the, um, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I think actually they probably provide a service and they certainly get paid for that service, but it's nice that people can make some money off of their stuff. Um, but uh, the, uh, I, I, but he was like, I don't know, maybe something else. And I was like, I, you know, I, I've, I had thought a bunch about doing a, a channel that was sort of like micro stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't have the, I don't even have the, at that time, I didn't have the knowledge to even know what microscope to buy. There are a lot of microscopes and a lot they do a lot of different things. Um, and so I just sort of like took a gamble on this guy who lives in Poland and uh, is Turkish and um, I've never met. And I hope to meet him someday. I very much hope that he can get to North America one way or another because um, mm-hmm. it's not it's not easy to be an immigrant in Poland right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, there's a lot, you know, it's, it's, I'm happy that Poland has been a place for a lot of people to go, but it uh, has made it more complicated for him. Um, and the, uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 his ability to continue leveling up um, both what it, like the equipment and his, skill and i mean he is the most i dedicated to the thing that he does of anyone i know he has cats and he (laughs) has a microscope and like he's you know he's also he has (laughs) has has a life he's got uh you know he's does does things but like in he does not watch tv he watches microbes you know that's what he does in all of his free time and his, his it's friends. also become his work time. And he, I mean, he has got so he's got like he's surrounded by jars and he takes care of all of these jars like they're aquariums. But there is nothing in them that well, there's, you know, there's nothing in them that's visibly big. Yeah, yeah. Like he could the biggest things you could see are stenters, which are macroscopic single celled organisms. Um, uh-huh. And so so he, he's, he he does the video and sends it to you and and then. You guys yeah. write around that. Like, does he tell you what it is? And, and yeah, then yeah. So we have research it? we have pitch meetings where um, he'll talk about some of the things that he's seen oh, okay. recently, and we we'll try and figure out how to turn that into a video. Or we come to him with ideas, and we're like, "How could you like what like if we wanted to talk about this uh, feature of microbes? What microbes would you feature? And do you have any footage of them?" So it's sort of collaborative in that way. And okay. and we've you know. We've also talked about using other people's footage. There's a there's a lot of stuff that, um, you know, it's a big world. Weirdly, though, this is one of the things I learned through doing this channel. It's a big world, but uh, microbes tend to be universal. So, like the the species of tardigrades in mm. Europe. At the at the like the place at the, in the ecosystems and the habitats that they would thrive in Europe, exact same species in North America, hmm. exact same species in Asia, 
And I was like, this isn't how it works. <laughs> yeah, I never thought um, about that. But it is how it works with, for example, brown bears. So grizzly bears um, are circumpolar. And so they are can all interbreed because they're because they are con like geographically contiguous. The thing uh -huh. that makes a new species, there's a bunch of things, but one of the, you know, when, when you have one species uh, that turns into two, just sort of like diverging from each other, even though they're in the same habitats and they have the kind of same needs is a geographical barrier. Tardigrades don't have geographical barriers because they blow around. Uh -huh. They get caught up in storms. They turn into like little, spores basically uh -huh. that are so light that they could just get blown off of moss sucked into the air and then they land all over the world yeah yeah and I, like i never understand and this is the case with a pretty much every single celled organism they get sucked up into storms and they land elsewhere because they're small enough and so they're like they are you know there are some that are kind of too big for that and some that are like like super evolved for a very specific environment where mm -hmm. they aren't that way but a lot of stuff it's just hmm. universal That's species that are that. everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I did a video recently where I was talking about places that you can't go. And one of them was this brand new island off the coast of Iceland. That's, uh, I mean, maybe like 50 years old or something, yeah. you know, it's yeah. kind of like peaked up. And, and so like, they're like, nobody touch it. We want to see <laughs> what happens, you know? And so, so they're like, just basically waiting for like, there's already plant life growing on there. And yeah, uh, of course, birds have landed on it and stuff, yeah. but you know. Nobody no, touch it. Yeah, we'll just Leave put a on. drone over it and watch. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see what humans just pop up there in you know yeah. two million years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that would be. I mean, that that's that's one of those fascinating ideas of like if we um, uh, you know found life somewhere else in Mars or whatever, and yeah, it would would it look like a what we see here? Well, that's that's the thing? biggest question. Yeah. If we get if we get if we find some old Mars life. Does it have the same chemistry as us or did it evolve? Because if it has the same chemistry as us, that has a big implication. And if it has different chemistry from us, that has a bigger implication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you uh, been watching uh, For All Mankind? I haven't. Yeah. I mean, okay. I've heard I, a lot I had things. just enough. I, had, I reached, it reached critical mass of people telling me that I need yeah. to watch it. So I've been yeah. watching it and yeah. not to spoil too much, but in the third season, they, they go to Mars and there's a big argument there about like, as soon as we land there, it's contaminated. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and we have to mm -hmm. like, they're, they're looking for ice, but it's like, we can't actually use the ice until we make sure it doesn't have, you know, life in it and stuff. This is already a problem now where we, mm -hmm. we get like a methane sample from Mars and we're like, was that Mars methane or was that like a pocket of Earth atmosphere that was in the rover that got released at just the right time? Yeah. 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 I mean, I was, I was already kind of thinking that with like, yeah, if the rover like found something, how do we 100% know that oh, it yeah. didn't? No, you know. we don't. We don't. Sterilize um, it the best you can. But... I mean, we do. We do for like, and Perseverance is somewhat designed for this, but we can definitely tell like chem chemistry, like when we take a chemistry, like a sample, there's a lot of procedures in place to make sure that that sample is just Mars stuff. And then you do analysis on that sample. But like, if you found a, if you found something that you were like looking at and being like that, like took, taking a picture of it and being like, you can't tell what it is if it's geological or biological, just by looking at it, you need to get it back yeah. to earth. And that's hard, but yeah. man, that thing sure is just trolling around a Delta now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. another good thing. Uh, Artemis one. 
might actually be taking off soon. Wait, what? I didn't know that. Really? Oh, yeah, I did uh, know that. Never August mind. 29th right now is what it's scheduled okay. for. Yeah. Finally. Um, I'm actually in the middle of a series on Artemis. I'm, I'm going to record, actually, once we're done here. Um, part two. But I didn't realize until I started really digging into it. I mean, I knew that their plan was... I'm actually already wearing the shirts like yeah, moon to yeah. Mars, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that that was their plan, sort of like go to the moon and then then on to Mars. But like on their website and on their stuff, it's like they mention Mars almost as much as they mention the moon when mm-hmm. they talk about Artemis. Well, Mars is more interesting. No offense, Moon, um, <laughs> but it's a lot farther away. Yeah, yeah. But Moon, uh, the Mars and Beyond, it keeps saying, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, cool. well, I'm actually look, the, we the, already the we already did it, moon, so we can't yeah. just do moon. It's got to lead to something, but it's funny. Like, um, this is all fresh in my mind, obviously, because I'm working on it right now. But um, the um, I did a video a while back about like what NASA's plans were post Apollo before you know the money kind of dried up, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just so bonkers and out there. Like they were gonna have multiple space stations around yeah. Earth and the moon and shuttles back and forth and moon mm-hmm. bases and all the works. And um and some of that you can see in the plans for Artemis. Like this is yeah. sort of what they're trying to make happen with the gateway uh-huh. and everything. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's 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 but actually lot, pretty I mean a lot of those ideas were like, boy, you're spending a you're you're gonna bring everything with you. You're yeah. just gonna that's and and we don't have to do it that way anymore, you yeah. know? Yeah. The, well, uh, yeah, it brings up the whole question of like if if NASA's model of making sure that there's every single state in the country is contributing something, because that's how you fund things, you know. Like yeah. is that is that even relevant anymore? Does that even work? Yeah, it's, I don't know that it does. It doesn't really seem like uh Congress is that pork focused anymore. It's more um, can you deliver on my culture war? Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, NASA just needs to get caught up in a culture war. I guess maybe they already are. Oh God, they are. I mean, nobody yeah. isn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hear uh, they manufactured COVID in one of their labs. Well, I mean, how else yeah. would on the you... space station? Yeah. 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 You gotta, you gotta do it <laughs> one way or another. Um, I did a video on monkeypox just the other day and it's just, Oof. it's so heartbreaking how like immediately everybody goes to conspiracy theories on everything. Yes, it is. At the same time, I think that there is a growing, but still quite small portion of the population that is responsible for that. I think that they're very important. Mm-hmm. I think that they are very uh, electorally important because they vote in primaries and yeah. that's really scary. Yeah. Um, uh, but I try not to think that when I go to the grocery store, all you f- it, crazies. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the influence of social media. Oh, and, absolutely. And being on the internet and stuff. Like once upon mm-hmm. a time, you'd have to sit in front of somebody and argue points and 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 have to see them the next day, so you didn't call them a Nazi necessarily. Yes, they're a Nazi. But um, oh, and also you couldn't you couldn't say you couldn't reach me like or anyone. I couldn't. So this is the. The analogy that my brother and I used there when we were growing up, we go, went to this restaurant called Racks, which was a roast beef place like Arby's, but not mm-hmm. Arby's. And it's there's like two of them left. And across the street from the Racks was a house and the house uh, had a fence and the fence was painted with basically tweets because that was the only way to do it. And they uh-huh. were f-ing bonkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And but it looked 
fucking bonkers because yeah. it was some guys who was painting his fence with a brush and like it looked like an insane person lived there, which indeed Just I'm sure was the case. Yeah. But now that person doesn't have to paint their fence Mm -hmm. they can write a tweet and that tweet looks just like my tweet and just like barack obama's tweet and Mm. it you know that like it's obviously not given the same level of credibility but it's given more credibility when it's a response to my tweet maybe i'll read that and maybe i'll think i need to respond to it but if it was like some guy who painted his fence i was like oh thank you for letting me know you're just nuts (laughs) whereas on the internet you don't get that sense and and i have um, my, I have a, a person who manages my TikTok for me and she's also active on Twitter and she will sometimes sort of lament to me when I like say something like it was earlier this week when we were talking about climate legislation, people were like, yeah, but, and like all, all these reasons why it's actually bad. And she was like, this, this is so discouraging. Like you can't say like, nobody says anything good. Nobody feels good about anything. And I'm like, well, can you count the number of those replies? the number of likes on those replies and then the number of likes on the original tweet. And can you tell me which one of those things affected you psychologically more, but which one of those things is actually 12 times or 120 times bigger. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, that's another one of the problems, you know, where we, we give a lot of weight to the people who are bonkers or or we <laughs> kind of want to say like look at the people who disagree with me they're bonkers yeah and so we point to them when in fact you know they're not necessarily representative of uh the sort of variety of ways in which people disagree with me which there are lots of yeah i stopped taking comments personally a long time ago but yes, but yes. but now it's just more like a god there's a lot of broken people in the world you know yeah. like it's just that sort of weight of just like really is this what's out there but mm-hmm. even then i'm like but are these real people because a lot of them are like i'm not sure they even i real, feel like most know? of them are real people but a lot of them are acting um so the, the the difference is are you telling me an opinion or are you trying to win in some zero-sum game that you have invented yeah, yeah. and and that's sort of like how you're validating yourself right now that's yeah. that's the the tool you're using now and you've used other tools in the past and we all have different ways of validating our existence and yeah. feeling valuable and that's the tool they're using now because it's just the best one and it is a really good one like there's nothing quite like believing that there's a global conspiracy of satanist pedophiles uh to convince you that your work is valuable yeah <laughs> in fighting them you know what killed me i went to um we traveled to Salem a couple of years ago, Salem, Massachusetts, and we did all the witch stuff, you know, yeah. the, the witch museum. And um, one of the little things that I went to, they were talking about how like, not just in Salem, they were all over uh, Europe as well, but these little witch crazes that took place. And, mm-hmm. and they, they would say things like these witches are, are, you know, killing children and drinking their blood and all this stuff. And it was like, Oh, this has been going on for a yeah, long time. Yeah. That's familiar. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Like it, it's like it's like if you really want to demonize somebody, go to they're drinking the blood of children. Like that's yeah. the ultimate like place yep. to go to. <laughs> and and like we're still doing it. Like hundreds yeah. of years later, it's still this. Uh-huh. It's still the go to you know demonization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What whichever thing works best. <laughs> Stick to the hits. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, like so, it's like it's like list articles. You know, you can't get yeah. away from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, real quick, something I would I did want to kind of uh, kind of ask you about, or at least have a conversation about, was um, you know you brought up John a few times, mm-hmm. and both of you guys have have done really well for yourselves and in, in similar veins, and you work together and whatnot. Um, I'm always fascinated by how like the people that are around us shape who we are. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, just this is a weird example, but like I was watching a news story and it was there was a, a kid who was going to college and he was the first uh, kid in his family ever to go to college and stuff. And of course, it was it was a big deal and we're celebrating and everything. But I was kind of watching it and it was like. I, I didn't even have a choice whether or not I wanted to go to college, you know, like that's, that's just mm-hmm. what we did. And mm-hmm. and it was kind of like it, it's just. Whereas oh, same same kind of thing, I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but like if you if you grow up in L.A., or Hollywood and you're around people who make say movies and stuff like that, you don't think anything at all about becoming in, you know, working in the movies later on. Whereas if you grow up in the Midwest and like films are something that are made way off somewhere else, and it's just not an option for you, it's like a big deal to get into the film industry or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm bouncing all over, but I, I guess I was just kind of thinking about like you and John kind of growing up together. I was curious, like how you guys maybe supported each other. Was there a thing in your family that kind of like shaped both of you in the directions that you went into, or is that something you can even talk about because it's your experience and I don't know any <laughs> different, you know? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know any different. Um, but I've had, I've had reason to think about it a fair amount because, <laughs> you know, it's cool and weird. Um, <laughs> John went to boarding school when i so i think when he was 15 and i was 12 or maybe when he was 14 and i was 11 um and so like we we didn't have and then he was in college and like so like our like our childhood relationship ended earlier than most mm. siblings um, sorry how how what's the age difference again three years three years okay yeah it's me and my sister are three years apart yeah and the <clears throat> um and I think that there was, you know, it, we had a really, I think, interesting upbringing in that my mom, and this doesn't happen that often, I don't feel like, but my mom was from sort of a more affluent family. And my dad was from a more working class family. Mm-hmm. And um, and she was a Southerner and he was a Yankee. And he, um, and and they experienced some amount of, you know, frustration from her family because of this gotcha yeah um and i think that there was a little bit of for my mom maybe more than my dad of like we i want to prove that this was a good call mm-hmm. which it was <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's great uh my dad my dad kicks ass um and so does my mom uh and they they uh did it they you know they were super hardworking people who did really interesting things and who um you know managed to get you know they still do interesting things but they're retired now yeah. um and uh the my dad was the florida state director of the nature conservancy when i was growing up which is a hard job because florida was going through a lot of development at the time and the goal of the nature conservancy is to protect wild places mm. from becoming strip malls and <laughs> and uh, my mom worked a lot in sustainability and community organizing and worked for Disney for a while and, or like consulted with Disney for a while. Uh, And like, that's also uh, (laughs) tricky. And she worked at the science center. So I got like, you could see all of the things that I became in, in their, um, in their work. The, um, 
Uh, and, uh, but I think that there was some amount of like, you know, pressure to differentiate ourselves that John maybe felt more than I do because I'm not as anxious as he is. Mm -hmm. Um, but sort of like, you don't have to be the best at any particular thing, but you do have to be the best at something kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's when I hear my mom, like that in my mom's voice, I hear it as a very supportive, proud thing. And I think that John sort of hears it more as, as a directive. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> um or like a like a judgment if you don't achieve that uh-huh. but like very supportive uh but also very like if you show interest in something we will support that thing and we will try and get try and like and sometimes that was a little too much pressure for me like i was kind of a layabout um mm-hmm. for a lot of my life um but the uh but the brotherhood dynamic was always very strong in the, if John says it's cool, it's cool direction Mm. to the point where like, he'd like a band and I would become obsessed with the band. Gotcha. Yeah. And that is kind of what happened even in my late twenties with YouTube where he was like, I think that what's happening with like Zay Frank and lonely girl is really interesting. And I was like, I think what's happening with Zay Frank and lonely girl is bigger than the printing press. No, I think it's interesting. Um, we, I, I'm a, I'm a younger brother myself. And a lot of what you just said resonates with me. Cause um, yeah, my sister was like a super overachiever when I was growing up and I was just the goofball. And, <laughs> and I don't think my parents knew what to do with me. Cause I was just like, yeah. you know, in my room having conversations with nobody and different voices, you know, <laughs> Um, that sounds that great. Kind of yeah. Um, sounds great. So it's, yeah, I think we're, we kind of travel some similar paths there. But um, before we wrap up, I'd love to give people a chance to talk about something they don't normally get a chance to talk about. So are there any like rabbit holes you've gone down other than climate change legislation that have been <laughs> taken up your brain? Um, I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about uh, how education works, which you talked a little tiny bit about earlier, mm-hmm. but um, it'd be very, I think I I I think a lot about what I'd do if I had extra time. I have like time fantasies where I like, ah, I'd learn Spanish. <laughs> I'd get good at the drums. <laughs> I'd spend more time with my wife, but also become a professional pinball player. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like that uh but the uh you know, I think that the probably the most impactful thing of my work, not sort of intentionally, but sort of ended up this way is probably crash course. And mm. uh and just like helping teachers and helping students. Uh, and the, like the sort of, my experience was just like yours, you go to college. And, yeah. you know, the, there's a lot of people who uh, that's not the case for, but there's also a lot of people who uh, sort of get into college and they take out some loans and then they drop out by their sophomore or junior year. And then they don't have a degree, but they have, you know, $10,000 in debt and, that now they now they've got both this is the worst possible outcome mm-hmm. and i think that they are because a lot of people in my position where i'm like have more power and i have more um you know sort of some some influence because people like me when they think college they think people who were 18 and went from high school to college and then did college for 4 years and then graduated and almost everyone they knew graduated that's an exceptional situation and is not normal. Um, yeah. And so uh, relearning that has been a, a journey for me, trying to figure out how does college actually work? 
-hmm. what is the typical typical college experience there is no typical college experience um and sort of what do different what would a different learners experience um john's been doing work like with specific student to sort of like understand his individual journey mm. like a first generation college student um and uh who's been in and out and like you know because of financial reasons mostly and that's no it's practically unsustainable anymore that it's, it's the top reason why people drop yeah. out is that they can't afford it um well and not just and like this is another thing like you can make college free but it still costs money because a lot of these people need income you know yeah. like you need to buy food you might have family who are depending on you to some extent and and you might be living with them and they might expect you to contribute to groceries or to rent or whatever um and that uh that the reality of the it starts to really emphasize the the reality of the caste system in america and that that is to us invisible because we live inside of it right um but it uh it sort of begs to be addressed mm -hmm. and so that's that's a lot of what i i'm it's not like the funnest rabbit hole to go down but like trying to figure yeah. out how like like the how those systems are failing and how they are succeeding and which institutions are doing a good job of addressing them, which institutions are doing a better job of graduating non-traditional non students uh, and, and then having them have degrees that are, you know, economically useful mm -hmm. um, is really interesting because not all do. And you, and we spend so much time talking about, you know, Ivy league. And I spend a lot of time interacting with people who went, this is the weirdest thing. I interact pretty regularly with people who went to Harvard or MIT or, or some Ivy League thing. Uh -huh. <clears throat> you know what the the freshman class size at Harvard University is? It's 2,000 people. Every year they, they accept 2,000 people, uh, which is just no one. <laughs> like it is such a tiny number yeah. of people. Yeah. And a, a lot of those people are sort of shoe-ins because they are legacy Lazy. or they are donor people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it is just a luxury brand. Mm -hmm. And they reinforce that luxury brand by also accepting the like extraordinarily exceptional people from the general population. Yeah. And I'm not saying those people aren't extraordinarily exceptional. They are, but there's lots of extraordinarily exceptional people who go to like state schools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went to uh, like, it, it, it was shocking to me because I went to a liberal arts school that, that I think of as tiny and I is tiny. It was smaller than like the, like the class sizes were, you know, not substantially bigger than my uh, mm -hmm. high school. But like my high school had more had more people at it than went to Harvard that year. <laughs> like that's and we talk so much about these schools and they and like they matter, but only because we make them matter. Yeah. And like and Harvard sitting on this endowment that's like per student, you know, a thousand times bigger than any public university, mm. at least. And it's just so weird. It's very weird. And it's uh and I think that we completely misunderstand, like it, it's very difficult to understand how higher ed in the US works, but um, it, it needs to be understood. And, and I've had a lot of help 
trying to get to understand it so that we can design crash course to be better at uh serving those people um but that's, it's tricky. That's, a, that's a lofty goal it's tricky yeah yeah i mean i'd 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 love for it to be the thing that I spend most of my time on, but I also feel that way about four and <laughs> other things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I come from a family of educators. Both my parents were teachers, mm-hmm. um, grew up in a really small town. So I actually had my own dad as a teacher for a couple oh, of wow. years. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> married a teacher. So like I, I grew up around teachers and have been around teachers my whole life and and now I do educational content on YouTube, but you, there's no, there's not enough money in the world to actually get me to step in front of a classroom and do teaching. Like it, I mean, I've, I've heard te- the only thing teachers love more about than teaching is complaining about teaching. And that's what I've heard from day it one, is. as long as I've lived. It so, is a hard job. It is. And they don't yeah. get nearly what they should. But. It is a hard job that isn't paid well. And also it keeps getting harder yeah. uh, in a lot of places. So yeah. That's very frustrating. That's anything to take a pressure off of a teacher is if you're working in that world, God bless you. Uh, yeah. And also if you're teaching um, to all the quit. teachers out there, <laughs> please, please we don't thank quit. you. We will try. We will continue to try to make systems that work um, instead of these systems. Yeah. And when I, and I pledge to you that when my child goes to school, I will not yell at you for doing your job. <laughs> see like the the idea that anybody could get away with something at school is just a foreign concept to me because my my school was so small and both my parents were in it so like yeah by the time i got home they already knew what i did that day (laughs) and and so i just i knew i was going to get in trouble as soon as i got home yeah i i grew up with a very different experience than i think a lot of people but yes anyway sounds weird I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got other things going on, but I, I Oh my God. I, I did not realize what time it was. Yeah. I've been keeping an eye on it, but okay. uh, dude, I appreciate this so much. Yeah, this is, this is thank really you cool. so much. You yeah. are a, you are a goddamn national treasure. And uh, thank you. Keep up the good work, Joe. All that stuff. Say, say hi to Sarah for me. Hi, Sarah. She, she's somebody on my team and she's, she's a big fan. So I just want to make her squee. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> thanks for doing, thanks for doing uh, things when Joe tells you to. But also, more importantly, doing the things that Joe doesn't tell you to that are exceptional and helpful. She would tell you that it's more her telling me to do stuff, and I never. Oh get yeah, that's to actually it. great. That's, really, that's my favorite yeah. thing. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have one of those too. <laughs> She's like, "You need to post on TikTok, damn it!" And I'm like, uh. "Yeah." So, well, Hank, I hope we get to do the do this again sometime. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Joe. So that was awesome. Again, big thanks to Hank for spending some time with me. You know, it's it's kind of hard to be a science communicator on YouTube and not be at least a little bit of a fan of Hank and what he's been able to do. It's super impressive. Uh, if somehow you don't know his work, do go look him up. Show him some love. You will be rewarded for it. This episode was produced by Kimmy Britt, edited by Bray Brown. I'm Joe Scott. You can find me at Answers with Joe pretty much everywhere on the socials. Of course, my YouTube channel is also Answers with Joe. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Please do share this if you thought it was interesting and a nice review on whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. It really does go a long way, and it's very appreciated. But until next time, thanks. Have a good one. Now go out there and start some conversations of your own. Take care. Mm-hmm.